We are live. It is Dynasty Week, and I don't have my contrarian shades. Oh, no. I forgot to tell you to get them ready beforehand, but it's Dynasty Week, ladies and gentlemen. We are here. Hold on. Matt, you introduced the show. I got to go get my contrarian shades. Hold on. I'll be right back. All right, so tonight on the Writers' Roundtable podcast, we have PPR Tyler, Tyler Knable here in the house tonight. We are going to talk about how you can unlock dynasty dominance. So first of all, we're going to talk some stock up, stock down. We're going to talk about some players that you're going to be wanting to get on your teams now and move from your teams now because in two to three months from now, it's going to be too late. We're going to answer your trade questions live. We have a special announcement of a certain dynasty startup league so stay tuned for that and then we have dynasty cornerstones players that we're going to be are going to be winning you leagues for 10 years or more and then we're going to do a little this or that some dynasty startup on the clock decisions seth take us away yeah so stay tuned for that special announcement um it involves a dynasty league that we are starting here on the writer's roundtable and we we should figure out something before we even start we should figure out something with these shades that Matt Babbage has on. If you if you're on the podcast, if you're listening to the podcast, it is the shades, like the inserts that you get from the optometrist when you go to get your eyes dilated is what it is. And these are his shades that he wore on the first show ever, I think. Was it the first show or the I second it was. show? Something like that. And He's wearing them again tonight, and we call these the contrarian shades, and we got to do something. I don't know if someday we're big shots and we have some merch, that, and that could be, you know, like a Patreon thing maybe someday. We'll see if we get a bit, in, you know, there's just ideas percolating as we are on the show right now. But anyway, contrarian shades, it's a thing. All right, so getting into the show, Tyler, uh, I'm going to start with you because you're our guest. So we have I didn't the- get the memo about the shades. I didn't tell anybody. I did a bad job as a co-host. Matt Matt Babbage is really fucking up here. It's okay. It's okay. I had to run. I had to run and get mine. So I had to. I had to sprint over to the counter where where I keep the shades where we walk into the house. So it's it's okay. It's all right. You we should have. This is our bad. That's our bad, Tyler. We we should have informed you. You know, we dropped the ball. So we go Matt further. We we you know the the. A lot of guests, or a lot of hosts on Player Profile, we like to alienate the audience, but we we go a step further and we prefer to alienate our guests as well. Make everyone feel as uncomfortable <laughs> as they possibly can. That's fair, honestly. Yeah. I, I, we, I kind of like it's a it's a it's a hazing process, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. hazing's frowned upon at some institutions, but not here, not at Player Profiler. <laughs> yeah, it's alive and well here, for for better or for worse. Okay, so we have these stock up, stock down players. Which players, uh, you know, in stocks, everybody knows like it's better to be early than late. In Dynasty, we're constantly evaluating value. So, uh, Tyler, what's one player whose stock is going to be a lot higher this time next year? I think my my smash pick right now is Elijah Moore. It feels like it's got to be him just because he's he escaped the Zach Wilson prison that he was locked in for two years. And it's kind of like the Garrett Wilson argument where the splits with and without Wilson are just they're night and day. So Elijah Moore just feels like one of those guys with playing with Deshaun Watson. He feels like he could really be just the number two on that offense. And it's supposed to be a good offense. Like, I don't see how Elijah Moore isn't how his stock doesn't go up this time next season. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've been in on Elijah Moore since he was a rookie. And, and it's a really tough road when he when he went through the the ebbs and flows through the New York Jets offense with Zach Wilson and getting getting benched and and, and all these different things and you really we're really hoping for a fresh start here and we see that David Bell's potentially on the chopping block in Cleveland and there's a lot of hype coming out for Elijah Moore right now so it, it's hard to imagine with what we're seeing and what we already knew about Elijah Moore how how he doesn't increase in value year over year I I, I talked about this player as a buy multiple months ago and then i was vindicated as his stock immediately went up and then i check and and apparently the masses are somehow lower on michael Pittman than they were a few months ago and i i don't understand how this is happening because i mean we talk about the perfect alpha build you know he's he's 6'4 223 he's got a 90th percentile or 94th percentile speed score 90th percentile catch radius and 
we already know he's a target hog, 25% target share over the past two seasons. We already know he's dominant as a route runner, 50% route run. Jesus, every time I say that. I know. Say it. I'm, say I'm, it I'm, 10 I'm, times fast. Route win rate. Route win rate. Win, like, you, can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. And I challenge anybody out there to say it 10 times fast. You can't do it. Can't do it. 50% win rate in the last two seasons. He He's dominating corners left and right. He just hasn't had a quarterback over the last few seasons. And, and he's still been, you know, a top 24 producer over the last two seasons. So that's, that's pretty impressive, all things considered. And in his fourth year in the league, he's now paired up with, you know, what what could be a, a dynamic prospect and Anthony Richardson. And, and whatever you think of him as a passer, what we can guarantee is that A-Rich is going to be locked in to Michael Pittman this season. And if he is as good or better as Matt Ryan or Phillip Rivers or Sam Ellinger, then Michael Pittman's probably going to be fine. So this offense we accept, we expect to take a step forward. I don't see how Michael Pittman isn't a top 14 receiver in the next three months, let alone the next year. Well, I love both of those picks. First, I want to touch on Elijah Moore. Do you, you guys know that Elijah Moore is 23 years old? You know, you guys know that Pretty young. he's 20, he's 23. Yeah. He's my, he's age. now, I took him. He, he, do you know, like he's with this quarterback now that could has, I mean, the, the, whatever you think of him, he has top five upside fantasy wise at quarterback and Deshaun Watson. Shouldn't, isn't this, doesn't this just make too much sense? I mean, he's being drafted. This isn't a redraft show, but he's being drafted outside the top 100 redraft picks. I mean, this is, this is like the chance you should take right on Elijah Moore. And I also like Michael Pittman too, who's young. He's 25 years old, not quite to the AJ picks. Gets a massive quarterback upgrade. We thought he was getting a, a solid quarterback last year. Didn't turn out to be the case in Matt Ryan, but now with Anthony Richardson, you know, the likely going to go through his ups and downs, but it can't be worse than it was last year right? It can't be worse. And now Michael Pittman, you're getting the discount. This is the dynasty game that you have to play. You have to seek out the value where you can find the value. And I see some real value. And I wrote down like a hundred players in, in, in our show sheet, but I see some real, real value right now in Kyle Pitts. Okay. Kyle Pitts is one of two tight ends to, to go for over a thousand yards receiving in their rookie season. I know he's in a I know he's in a bad offense right now. I know everybody's got a sour taste in their mouth when it comes to Kyle Pitts, but I'm seeing him go sometimes in a super flex tight end premium startup, seeing him slip to the fourth round. He slipped to the fourth round in the mock draft that Tyler and I did on Monday. Sometimes he goes in the fifth round and in redraft, he's going even later. He's going way later than Drake London, which doesn't make any sense to me because I think he's going to emerge as the top receiving option in, in Atlanta because Atlanta is going to pass more. They have to, it's almost virtually impossible. It's kind of like Chicago. It's almost virtually impossible for those two teams not to pass more. And you saw when Ritter came in, they were cranking up the passing volume a little bit. So I think he's too good. He's almost too big to fail. In my opinion, if Ritter is even, worth a darn and if he's not guess what they're probably drafting in the top five or ten and they're probably in the caleb williams uh what's the guy from north carolina like they're probably yeah they're probably in in the sweepstakes for one of those players or you know if the vikings move on from kirk cousins or something like that they're going to be in the market for another quarterback like next year if if desmond ritter's no good so the mad scientist speaking of michael pittman so we are in this dynasty startup right now, and it's the craziest startup I think I've ever been in because it's two hours per pick. I don't know why we went that direction, but I will say I do like the pick of Michael Pittman. I set my cue, FF Mad Scientist, but I don't think I, I think I've made one pick in this dynasty startup. <laughs> I think my cue has made all the other picks for me, and Michael Pittman was a cue pick. So I like it. But this this dynasty league, you know, when you work for player profiler, I don't have time to be checking this every couple out like, you know, and it's like, oh, like I keep going to it and it keeps saying like I'm on auto pick. So 
whatever. It's it is what it is. But anyway, I, I think it was I'd made, answer that question. I think it was made for two hours because we were gonna try and finish it up by the end of the week for Dynasty Week. But I think we're in like the eighth round, and there's 25 rounds, and it's Wednesday already. <laughs> so I don't know what the likelihood of that thing is. Yeah, I don't think we're making it, but it's it's okay. It's the cra- literally the craziest thing ever because I'm used to going to a, a league and oh, you know, I can sit down, I can kind of, but it's like the mock draft live we did on Monday, Tyler. It it feels it feels like there's 30 seconds per pick because I keep missing all my picks. Yeah. Anyway, so. Same question to you, uh, Matt. We'll go the other way around. Uh, stock down. Who's your stock down player? Looking at, you know, I use I, I use keep trade cut to to kind of get a glimpse maybe or, or a guess as to what the masses are thinking. I know I can't necessarily look at player profile or rankings and think, you know, this is exactly what everyone in my leagues are going to think because they're, they're generally a little bit more forward thinking. But I look and see that Derrick Henry is RB18 and I can't help but but think that in about six months to a year, there's no chance he's inside the top 20 or and he's going to be closer to outside of the top 24. This guy's nearly 30 years old, 30 years old. And he's been getting like, what, 300 carries a game or something like that for the past five seasons. The, what's the meme from, from Jesse from Breaking Bad? He can't keep getting away with this. It, it, it's not gonna he's not lebron james you know like this is not gonna this can't keep happening right and we're we're getting talks of trades or cut from the tennessee titans as a as a cap casualty as this team kind of looks to restart so as soon as he's let go from tennessee all the certainty goes away and then he's in a very ambiguous situation the first time he's been in one in a very long time and you look at the running backs below him you have Zach Charbonnet, who is in a sticky situation, but he's a young back who's a who's a talented pass catcher. You have Alexander Mad- Madison, who say what you will, but currently he is the only back of consequence right now. Ty Chandler hasn't done anything in the NFL. Neither has anybody else in the Vikings roster besides Alexander Madison. Miles Sanders at RB21, Swift at RB22, Kendra Miller at RB23, Rashad White at RB24, Cam Akers at RB27, there is a lot of a lot of younger guys who have some interesting situations going on right now that you could very well argue you'd want over Derrick Henry and Dynasty right now. So RB18 does not make a lot of sense to me. And, you know, by by next offseason, he'll be outside of the top 24. Tyler, who's your stock down player? This was, I think, the easiest one for me was it's it's got to be Travis Etienne. Like he I think Ooh. he's he's currently uh, keep Drake has RB7 right now. And it, he just had, like, he had an, an okay season last year. Like, even when uh, they trade James Robinson, he kind of became the guy. Like, he had a good, he was good, but he wasn't, like, RB7 good, it felt like. I mean, Tank, they draft Tank Bigsby in the third round, I believe. And they, it, it seems like Tank Bigsby is getting a lot of smoke. And Doug Peterson is just notorious for using a bunch of running backs by committee. It seems like that's the way he wants to do it. So, I don't think Travis Etienne is going to get, like, all these carries and targets that everybody thinks he is. Even when he was alone last year, he still like finished, I think outside like the top 10 and running back targets. So it just feels like he, like his value is at an all time high right now. And he's one guy I actually did sell in a dynasty league. Cause I just don't think he's going to have this career that everybody thinks he is. He's a good player. I'm not saying he's not, but RB seven just seems a little too rich for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, it's very strange to me just looking at keep trade cut. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Saquon is RB six. I think that's a little crazy to me. Uh, like ranked just ahead of Travis Etienne, just like three spots. I would much, much, much prefer Saquon Barkley. I think most people would, but so that's, that's interesting, but that, I think that tier of running back and I just not to push back a little bit, but I, I don't mind Travis Etienne um, there, but Keep trade cut just it really doesn't make sense because this tier of running back. I just want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Travis Etienne at RB7, Josh Jacobs at RB8, Ramondre Stevenson at RB9, Kenneth Walker at RB10, and then Tony Pollard is RB11. I know Tony Pollard's 26 years old and Travis Etienne is significantly younger, but is he? He's he's 24. I guess he's got a couple years. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> If you're making me choose, Matt, you're you're muted. 
if you're if you're making me if you're making me choose, I, I I'm taking Tony Pollard at that value over ETN. So maybe I do, maybe I don't don't like ETN as much as I thought I did. In terms of foot years, ETN's like 35, and that that's that's physical therapist certified. But what about the shower narrative? The, have you considered the shower narrative, Tyler? What's that? Oh, he plays with Trevor Lawrence, so they showered together in college. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. <laughs> so they they and they won national championship, I think, once upon a time. Yeah. So I'm, anyway, I've seen that. Yeah, but anyway, so just I think that's a little crazy to me. Um, but we have crazy. some chat. We have some chat. I'll get to mine in a second. So what about what do you guys think of this? Roshan, a top ten dynasty RB next year. He gets drafted over Gibbs. Ooh, that's my kind of take right there. I a like that. Take. It's just going to be tough. I mean, he'd have to have an an incredible first season to get vaulted that high. Uh, we look what he'd have to have. You know, Damian Pierce got up to what RB sixteen, seventeen this off season. So given a similar draft capital, he'd have to pretty significantly outperformed Damian Pierce to get himself into that range. So uh, that's a fairly hot take, but I, I, I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here. I'm definitely here for it. Yeah. I think Khalil right. Herbert would have to get hurt for that to happen and me, or like some sort of yep. formation of that. And then I think the bears would have to be like a top five scoring offense this year. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, I mean, I I'm the biggest Rochelle fan of the world and I'm even saying, whoa, 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 pump the brakes a little bit. Top 10 dynasty RB. I'm, I'm here for it. I, I think it could happen with that offense i think there's room in that offense for more upside passing than people might think but that's just me and perhaps me being bears homer um, i was ridiculed i was ridiculed on mock draft live for taking roshan johnson over zach charbonnet pre-draft by both you and jack Kavanaugh. so i do not wait a wait a wait a wait a wait a minute mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wait a I minute i don't I, uh, I don't remember. Receipts. I don't remember this. I don't remember this. You didn't necessarily talk the shit, but you endorsed it and sat idly by as it was spoken. Well, I that was that pre-landing action. spot. Was that pre-landing yeah, spot? Because that's how much oh, I believed well, in the talent. Okay. Yeah. Now he's on the okay. Bears. He doesn't care. Dude, now now exactly, Roshan's the top exactly. three running back. Yeah. Yeah. Roshan to the moon. I took Roshan in a single QB on Mock Draft Live with Aaron Stewart at number six overall. I can't remember if I took him ahead of uh zach charbonnet or not but that i think is the episode of mock draft live that got the most dislikes and i'm pretty sure it was because of that pick okay and that so was don't post, you that was post don't you, you no that was pre that was like one of the first that's this is before many people knew who roshan johnson okay, okay, even was it. probably so i took him at pick six and the whole world just exploded and i just anyway it, it i i'd have to go back and look but i usually our like rate is around 90%, like nine, it's pretty high. And that like rate was in the seventies just to give perspective. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that pick was the reason why you were like all the right. trailer for call of duty, advanced warfare, just all dislikes. Hey, oh, engagement no. is engagement. It's true. Yeah. Speaking of engagement, Ertz is going to outscore piss this year, but he's coming off of an ACL and he's old. So what? he's got Colt McCoy as his quarterback. <laughs> yeah. How's Ertz. that going to, Who's to say Ertz what? even plays this year? That's what I'm saying. There's a real case that you can make that Trey McBride's their starting tight end, right? Sorry, fantasy plumber. I mean, you you can come over and, and change my the pipes, but I don't know if I want you changing my fantasy team around. Um, I I do like the Roshan take though. All right, I have to quit stalling, and now I have to talk about something that hurts my soul a little bit. Um, I, I was gonna come on strong with this. I was gonna say, ah, screw this player. But I like I do like this player. I just don't like his value, which is kind of what Dynasty is all about. And so I'm here to tell you that Garrett Wilson is overrated. I'm sorry, but I'm looking at the the masses, right? And this isn't player profiler rankings. We just we go to keep trade cut because this is what the masses are thinking, right? This is a free service, right? And I am looking at keep trade cut right now, and I am seeing Garrett Wilson. As the wide receiver three, he's ranked ahead of CeeDee Lamb. He's ranked ahead of A.J. Brown. He's ranked ahead of Jalen Waddell. He's ranked ahead of Chris Olave. I'm on Russ St. Brown. I could go on and on down the list. It it This is wild for a wide receiver who did get 143 targets last year, finishes the wide receiver 21, and he's 22 years old, going to be 23. But I don't think you can really 
argue with me about is Aaron Rodgers going to be good at 39 years old? He might be okay, but is, I mean, he's a clear upgrade from what they had last year. That's for sure. But even if he's mediocre, does that vault him ahead of CD lamb? I don't think so. Does that vault him ahead of Chris Olave? I mean, if you're telling me I can trade Garrett Wilson for Chris Olave plus something extra on top of that, Give me the Chris Olave side of that trade all day because I don't see a huge difference between those two players. Am I crazy? I don't think so at all. Uh, I I don't think you can say right now that Garrett Wilson is wide receiver three. So, yeah, I, I don't think he should be wide receiver three, but wide receiver like I do think he's firmly above Chris Olave just because if you look at the splits with and without Zach Wilson, we kind of mentioned with Elijah Moore where. It's just it's Zach Wilson prison and he's holding these receivers like hostage. Like they're they're in the gulag trying to fight their way out. And both of them seemingly have done so. So that's great. But the splits with with and without Garrett Wilson, uh with Zach Wilson, uh Garrett Wilson played nine games. He averaged six targets, three catches, 49 yards, zero touchdown. He was the wide receiver, 61 on average. And then without Zach Wilson, with Flacco and uh Mike White, he had six games and then averaged 10 targets, six catches, 91 yards, had four touchdowns, four touchdowns, and was the widest year seven. And then we, I think we both agree that uh, Aaron Rodgers is pretty, is a lot better than Flacco and Mike White. So I, I don't know. No. I, I, you don't think so? Stop, uh, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. I, I mean, no, I mean, what a- no, you're not doing this. No, I mean, he finished number 26 in QBR last year. He was an MVP two years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's back two back years MVP. ago. But the, I, I, the, the most, he should he should have never been MVP. Remember, that should have been Tom Brady. Is Seth Dewald? My new my new stock down is <sighs> Seth Dewald. Yeah, I just don't understand why everyone just bows at the altar of Aaron Rodgers all the time. <laughs> I don't like understand. No, He's done he, absolutely nothing. Like in the playoffs, yeah. you know, like yeah, he he had Devonte Adams for all those years. But then you take Devonte Adams away, and it's like it's everybody else's fault, but Aaron Rodgers. I don't, Look, I don't understand. I love being dramatic, all right. But this is where I draw the line. In no way were we bowing down to this man. We are just saying that there is a distinct difference between Joe Flacco and Aaron Rodgers at this point in the career. And I see that smile on your face. You know what you did, and you did it on purpose. But it triggered me anyway. You got the reaction you were looking for. So congrats. <laughs> Oh, I'm just loving the chat right now. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Harry Snowman just came in time. Uh, so he's sighing at me. Yeah, that's a good I, question. I, Do you think never, Aaron Rodgers is better than Zach Wilson? I just said he was. I mean, I just said he was an upgrade to Zach Wilson. So I, I don't. Yeah, that's going to be the quote on the right. Not Joe table. Flacco. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Be, is, Aaron Rodgers is not better than Mike White or Joe Flacco. Like I've already <laughs> yeah. put it in my head. It's what's going to it. <laughs> Yeah, I, and he brought he brought in all his homeboys too. So they're you know target competition for for Garrett Wilson. And so that okay, so the fantasy plumber says this right. And see, Theo just per- professed this guy high love for Wilson this afternoon, and he's crying with laughter because he you know he's laughing at all of us schmucks over here who contradict each other. I'm not saying Garrett Wilson is a bad player, okay. I'm saying his current value is crazy on keep trade cut. Not here at Player Profiler, where we're we're rational about said things, except for maybe Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but Theo clearly and I are just we probably differ slightly on this. Not, I mean, if Theo looked at keep trade cut right now, I don't think he, Theo's taking CD Lamb over Garrett Wilson. That's all I'm saying. So I all think right. I, anyway. Can we play the game real quick then? Would you t- let me just name out some players and we'll see who you'd take Garrett Wilson over or who would you take over Garrett Wilson? Okay. Chris Olave. I think I think that's close. I think I'd lean Olave just cuz I think the the quarterback is a little bit more certain there. All right. Uh Jalen Waddle. Uh Jalen Waddle. Give me Jalen right. Waddle. We'll do one more Devonta Smith. See, that's where I probably go Garrett Wilson. All right, so it looks like you have him in this like wide receiver nine range because the one above him was a Monroe St. Brown, but I didn't think you would say. I think you'd rather have a Monroe St. Brown. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I like a, a, a Monroe St. Brown over Garrett Wilson too. Is that hot takey? I that's not as bad as Aaron Rodgers one. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's a fair that's a fair take. That one will make Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no, it's getting there. 
it's getting there, boys. All right. Uh, where are we at? I'm where are we at when the show sheet, Matt? All right. So uh audience get your trade questions in if you haven't already i teased that we were going to do some do some trade discussions during the show so uh send in your trades be specific with the league settings we are going to assume ppr superflex non-tight end premium unless told otherwise but please specify all right uh, so we i think seth, we can get seth has something about his own league that i'd i'd prefer not to talk about but if there's no questions in the chat yet we can we can just we can just talk about that real quick as they pile up. Yeah, uh, let's talk about my trade. All right, let's talk about my boring trade that Matt Babbage doesn't care about. Uh, all right, so I, I I probably should have screenshotted this, but it was all convoluted. This is a big this is a big deal. All right, so you guys ready for this? I'm ready. I'm looking at it too. So am I. All right, all right. So side A for the audience is Derek Carr, Kyle Pitts, Rashad Bateman and Brees Hall. So this is a big boy trade here. Oh, and I should I should specify Superflex tight end premium PPR start 11. All right. Side B, Kenneth Walker, Quentin Johnston. Now these were picks that turned into this, not that it really matters. Kenneth Walker, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, Sam Laporta, Darnell Washington, a 2024 first and a 2024 third. Which side do you guys like? Could I it was Cody a part of this trade by any chance? No, Cody Carpentier was not a part of this trade. This is oh, you uh, said side B before like the trade even <laughs> the trade even went along. So <laughs> I was assuming it was with Cody, but B? Um, I'm thinking, yeah, give me. Uh, it's, is it I close? Knew, is it close? It's close for You're, me. It's close for me as well. The Derek Carr part is throwing me off here because it's obviously a quarterback and there's not necessarily a quarterback on the side B of this trade. So I'm looking at it and it because I was just kind of trying to look at it like Kyle Pitts and Brees Hall pretty much for the hall of Kenneth Walker, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers and the 2024 first are kind of like the big pieces that stand out to me. But then Derek Carr is throwing it off. I would say I would just go side B just because I feel like it just, you just have more options. Like if one of those guys hits like a little Laporta or the Darnell Washington or that 2024 first, I feel like the 2024 first could obviously be like a quarterback, too. So I kind of like the side B just because you have a little bit more outs and some more guys to root for, especially if it's start 11. So I think I'm going to go wow. side. I'm going to go side B as well. Although I will say the potential to get to have Hall and, and Pitts dominating for, you know, the next however many years is, is very tempting, but I'd go side B. Wow. You want to so know which side is, I'm on? You got torched in the trade, didn't you? You're on side A. Oh, I'm on side A, and I'm going to win a fantasy football championship. Quentin Johnston's a bust. Yeah, just, I mean, with the Zay Flowers in an offense, it's going to be running the ball a lot with Odell and Rashad Bateman. I mean, come on. Like, Did you trade for Rashad Bateman? Doing? Oh, my yeah. Guy, I, got, my guy, I got Rashad Bateman. My guy out here getting cooked. Rashad, Rashad, Rashad Bateman's going to Rashad Bateman's gonna outproduce Zay Flowers. Come on. For sure, yeah, for sure. All right. Look, I mean, so I, was, I got, I got, so I got Bateman and I can't even, I can't even get behind it. <laughs> I got, so I got, everybody thinks I got toasted, but when I'm, uh, I'll, I'll spend all my money, um, winning the championship, uh, you know, not thinking about everybody who disagrees with me in the chat. Um, the tilt is on. That's right. Cody's in here. And then I, <laughs> uh, Theo, uh, Garrett Wilson or, um, uh, who is CD lamb, pick cd lamb or garrett wilson we'll find out all right um i don't even know where we're at matt babbage help me out here this is this is one of those episodes it's, it's informative segment time oh it is informative segment time uh with the pod father so it, please sit back relax we have more dynasty content for you after this brief segment from the pod father You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the, the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February. And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, 
best ball dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD to get you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. All right. Um, uh, we need some trades in the chat. All right. We want to help you guys out. Yeah, with let's your just, trades. Um, we'll let them accumulate. We'll come back to it probably before we before we wrap up. Okay. So maybe I was wrong because Theo's he's he's mulling it over uh, between CD Lamb and, and Garrett Wilson. Maybe, maybe we'll get an answer from uh, well, the OG before we get off. off the while program. we settle, while we settle that, we have sorry to to cut you off there. While we have while we settle that, we have a special announcement here live on the Riders Roundtable podcast. We yes. are starting a dynasty league. That's right, a dynasty startup, and we're going to have – it's going to be a 12-team league. We're going to have six listeners, uh, you know, have a chance to earn some spots, and then you're going to be battling it out against Seth, myself, and then four other of Roto Underworld player profilers' finest analysts. So it's going to be an amazing time. And to enter to get a spot into the league, you got to do three things, three simple things. got to A, which you probably already are, got to be subscribed to the Player Profiler YouTube page. So if you haven't already, click that subscribe button, take a screenshot of it, send it over to our show's Twitter, the underscore writers underscore pod. We will promote that more than once. You can also find it on Seth and myself's Twitter page. So you'll go to our Twitter page, you'll give that a follow, and you'll DM us the screenshot of you subscribed to the Player Profiler YouTube channel, and you will enter yourself into the drawing and more details will will follow that but for now subscribe to the youtube channel go follow our twitter and dm us that screenshot enter yourself for a chance to win a spot in our league and the reason i got this guy up i I don't know if he sat on his keyboard or what the deal is maybe this is what he meant to do uh (laughs) this man right here cody carpentier is going to be in our dynasty league i confirmed that uh today so you'd be playing not just with me not just with me, not just with Matt Babich, but with Cody Carpentier and some other player profiler people. So go do everything that Matt Babich just told you to do so you can be in a dynasty league with us. Okie dokie. Where, so we, we still, all right, we're still waiting for trades. Come on, people. Give us some trades. But while we're doing that, question: the next question is, the obvious goal in dynasty leagues is to build a dynasty. Right, year after year, champion championship contender. Most teams that achieve this have at least one what we call dynasty cornerstone. So think about like DeAndre Hopkins in 2014, right, or something like that. So Tyler, who are some of your uh, dynasty cornerstones? And this is going to be pretty awkward if you say Garrett Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I sw- I swear to you, the first <laughs> name I have written on my list is Garrett Wilson. <laughs> He's on mine too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. All right. Tell me, tell me why Garrett Wilson's a dynasty cornerstone. Well, I mean, it's he's the dynasty cornerstone for the same stats that I listed out maybe 15 yeah. minutes ago. So I just I think right. with the Aaron Rodgers obvious upgrade that he's going to <laughs> he's gonna be what I mean, this year I think he's gonna he he. I'm taking him pretty firmly right now where he's being drafted, uh, at least an underdog. So I like him for especially this year, as long as he's with Aaron Rodgers. I truly think he's going to be just the newer kind of Devonte Adams. They're both really they're like both known for route running, except even Garrett Wilson just feels a little faster. He's younger. Not saying not necessarily saying he's better than Devonte, but it's he might be right there, especially just give him a couple more years of experience under his belt. And I don't know. I just everything feels like. Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, they're just going to make magic magic happen together. And as far as when Aaron Rodgers is there, I'm just praying that the situation is better than Zach Wilson because we saw what he did with Mike White and Joe Flacco. So I'm I'm all in on Garrett Wilson and Dynasty. I absolutely love him. So not wide receiver three, but probably like wide receiver, wide receiver five for me or so, somewhere in that range. It was a rough start for him for fantasy, but I, I really feel like, and Seth, you alluded to this with the Falcons, kind of being bad and being in the hunt for a new quarterback, maybe Caleb Williams, maybe Drake May, maybe who knows. We know it's going to be someone better than Desmond Ritter. I think we're all pretty confident he's not the guy, even though he's going to get a year. Drake London could be the sneaky 
dynasty cornerstone. So we can we can say current top 10 receivers all you want, but if you want to get a little bit ahead of the game, why not take a shot on Drake London? I mean, he has the physical profile. He he has the he has the game winning ability to to go up and get every contested catch that's thrown his way. He's going to be a target hog. He already is. He's already targeted at an insane rate, just just carrying the entire passing offense of Atlanta, even though, you know, it was a bad passing offense. But as that improves, if he's still a guy who can command a 25 plus target share year over year and a 20 and it was a 32 percent target rate last year. But let's say, you know, maybe he lives between 25 to 30 every single season if he's that much of a target hog. And so uh, what I put on the show sheet, I alluded to to what DeAndre Hopkins was able to do. I mean, and he was a guy who was collecting a 25% target share and a, and a 28 to 30% target rate for like seven or eight straight seasons. And if you can get someone with that consistent level of opportunity in an offense where he's still the guy, I know there's Kyle Pitts there, but in terms of receivers in the room, he's the guy. They're going to get a quarterback upgrade. They've shaped their offense such that they're they're trying to find that franchise quarterback to plug in and let the offense start flying. They have Bijan Robinson. They they're putting together an offensive line. They have Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London. So you can get a top fifteen to top ten receiver for the next seven or so years with with Drake London, who's only twenty two years old right now. Um, and, and that's the kind of of frame I'm looking for when I'm trying to find a dynasty cornerstone. Plus, when we're talking quarterback, literally any top five to 10 quarterback right now, just go grab them because they're all fairly young and could, could be in the top five to 10 every single year for the next seven years. So they're all worth it right now. Yeah. Very well said. Um, I'm going to choose. And I, I like, I, I mean, I, I do like a lot of what you said. Um, I'm going to choose I'm on Ross St. Brown. All right. I'm on Ross St. Brown is one of these players, I mean, get, get, like I said before, getting drafted after Garrett Wilson, who, if you were paying attention in rookie drafts, I mean, I think he was going in the third or fourth round of some rookie drafts out there, Superflex, back in the day. Um, fourth round pick, who looks like a stud for a long, long time. Number eight in targets last year, number 11 in target share, um, number 14 in total route wins number two in route win rate. I said it right. So there's just a lot of efficiency metrics that I really like with Amon Ross St. Brown and an offense that throws the ball. Jared Goff is a not a mobile quarterback. He's going to be throwing, throwing. That means more opportunity for Amon Ross St. Brown. He's getting drafted after Garrett Wilson. So if I can, you know, package Garrett Wilson and get Amon Ross St. Brown and, and, and some extra back, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, that's that's just my particular brand of tea. Um, and we have we have a, ch- a chat. The chat is going wild, so I apologize um, if you miss my. I'm, I don't think I need to rant on Aaron Rodgers again. Do do I? <laughs> I mean, I don't like Derek Carr either. But uh, if we're trusting that Aaron Rodgers is going to be good this year, I feel like that's a big if at 39 years old. That's and Derek Carr's young, a younger quarterback with a longer contract. That that's what I was saying. Anyway, what what do you have next? Oh, we have a trade. We have a trade in the chat. Not a big trade, but Harry Snowman. So side A, he received a 2024 second, 2024 fourth. Um, side B, Rashid Shahid in a 2024 third. So what do we think of that? That's not a huge deal, but it's something. Yeah, give me the second round pick. Yeah, I think I'm with you. The shot that you're getting at the second round pick, I feel like it's just more valuable than any other thing in this trade. I'm uh, yeah, yeah. With it. yeah, yeah, good deal. Uh, let's see, we got Mr. Babich in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. Deontay Johnson for Roshan Johnson, straight up. He gets Roshan Johnson for his rebuild. Matt knows the league, so you must be in this league, Matt Babich. I am. I am in the league. It's a. It's a league. Uh, I got some guys together for so we can get, you know, my dad in the league and and he's he's gotten so much better, man. And and I I I I know he's leaning towards making this trade. And and I know that I believe in my heart that's the right decision. It is tough because I think Deontay Johnson's undervalued, but we think about if you can get a workhorse running back, like we talk about those three-year windows, 
is Deontay Johnson going to increase in value so much such that he's going to be a league winner? But uh, Roshan Johnson as a lead back in Chicago can be a league winner with where you got to draft him at. So I'm going with Roshan Johnson just for the pure youth and upside and value at running back. Yeah, I apologize if uh, you guys fall under this category, but is there a bigger poster boy for the regression bros than Deontay Johnson this season? It feels it just feels mm-hmm. like he is like the whole the it's just targets. Targets is all that matter in, in fantasy mm-hmm. football for when it comes to Deontay Johnson, because his his efficiency is not good at all. If you like look at how many targets, I think he was like, I forgot off the top of my head. I was looking at it the other day. He was like fifth in targets and finishes like the wide receiver 40 something in average points per game or, or 30 something in average points per game. It's kind of crazy. He's just not he's not even good at catching the ball. Yeah, he can't even catch the ball. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 you know, we saw something from him once in his rookie year. Is that how long it's been now? But it, it's almost like it's weird because Ju- it's a very similar situation to like Juju where we just haven't seen it in a while. And then the excuses don't come for Juju, but everyone's going in, in troves to to defend Deontay Johnson because he didn't have a, any touchdowns or, or something like that. And so I guess Miles Sanders just ruined it for everybody. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. I feel like he was just such a like Big Ben propelled uh, Deontay Johnson just to like new heights because he was just, it was just kind of the same thing with Najee Harris. Like Najee Harris finished what with like second or third in receptions among running backs his rookie year, and then it's just it was just like three yards and catches, but he had like seven a game. So it was like, oh, he he's this PPR monster, but you couldn't play him in a standard league. So yeah, Deontay Johnson also can have a case of the drops. I think his drop, yeah, he's number two in the in the NFL in in drops last year, six point one percent rate. Um, so I know that can be a frustrating part of his game too. And if you look at his efficiency metrics, I mean, I guess total route wins is good, number eleven route route win rate, one of my favorites to say and to to quote. Uh, number 33, so not terrible, but yeah, I, I think I agree with most of what you said. He's used number six in targets and number 13 in target share, and that feels like that's going to come back down to reality. Like I think we all, we're all all kind of in the same spot there. Um, so there's another question here under, um, let's see, is it worth it to go all in on like guys like Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, considering that their dominance could continue for another? So is it worth it? We've talked about this before when you're sitting in a dynasty startup top, like getting a couple picks in that top five to secure like a Herbert and a Burrow or an Allen and a Mahomes or something like that. Like to me, if you can make that happen, I'm about ready to give up just about anything I have to give up to make it happen. What do you think about that, Tyler? Yeah, I think in a startup, I, I like the idea better than after the league is kind of like already started. And then because it feels like you have to trade a lot more in like when the league's already when the startups already over, then you would have to actually trade in like a startup draft because you're just trading kind of draft picks. You can still kind of build a team the way you want it. But if you're trading like really good young pieces to get a a, a Hertz or a Mahomes and it, it feels just it just feels disgusting to do because you're like, oh, I'm trading uh Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers two five, top five players at their position and it's just one of those things where I'd rather do it in a startup but yeah if you could do it in a startup I'm 100% for it yeah I agree I mean just look at the quarterbacks of the era that just kind of faded out and retired even though I mean Rodgers is the last of them it seems but when you look at guys like Brady Manning Breeze even Rivers you know he wasn't a top 10 guy very often but if you can get someone who's that consistent and especially super flex with the way this all works, if you're getting someone like Burrow or Herbert or or a rushing court, more of a rushing quarterback like Hertz, the positional advantage that you can get is just it, it's gnarly, man. Like it, you can have a team that otherwise outside of that one position at quarterback is dog water, but you can be in the middle of the pack, if not like a upper end playoff team if you have depth and if you have that one quarterback that's giving you like 40 points a game. So it's, it's pivotal in super flex leagues to have a competent quarterback room. And if you can have an elite one, it gives you so much more room for error because you have that staple that's keeping you in games every single week. Yes, sir. I'm right in in lockstep with you. Um, I, I would, I mean, to be honest with you to get, if I'm already lucky enough to get in the top five, you know, that's when I become really aggressive to try to to try to get up there and get another. I mean, even if I have like the one 108 or 109 and I end up with somebody like 
Lamar Jackson, if, if I'm lucky enough that he falls that far. And then I try, you know, I would honestly trade my second, third plus maybe a, I don't know, fifth or sixth. Like I would trade a lot to make that happen for my team. Because like you said, those are the most stable assets you can get like a burrow, a Herbert. We know their value is not going to go down, or at least it's very unlikely that their value is going to go down in a super flex league format like that. So anyway, it's, I I'm right there in lockstep with you. We do have one from the fantasy plumber. He sent out ETN 2024 second for cup and a 2024 first a bit ago. So what do you guys think about that one? Tyler, I think, I think I know which way Tyler's leaning on this one. Yeah. I guess. I think, I think if I'm, if I'm anywhere near competing, I'll take cup in the 2024 first. Like if I, if, unless it's like a total rebuild, then I'll, I guess I'll go ETN in the second, but you're still getting, you're still getting like the best player in this deal and you're getting the first. So I kind of like that idea where even if cup maybe fizzles out in two years, you're still getting a first round pick out of this deal. So I think I'd take the cup in the 2024 first. And if you weren't competing, you could probably still flip cup for something decent, like another first or, and plus more. So I take cup in the first. Yeah. On the surface, it's, it's tough to swallow, but I, I take cup in the 2021st, I think in either situation. Gotcha. We have another question from France. France, keep these questions pumping. These are awesome. Uh, one QB start eight. Holy cow. You want some studs in that league. If it's only start eight, London is his wide receiver five. He needs some RB help. Uh, he na- he named some. I assume these running backs aren't on his team. Should he sell London Plus for a hammer? Thanks, guys. What what do you think uh, about this? Well, instead of buying a hammer, I would suggest going out and getting a running back. But um, if London is truly your wide receiver five, then then yeah, it's worth making a move there. But you got to really make sure you're evaluating that correctly. I of course am higher on London than most, but yeah, if London truly is your fifth best receiver and you, and you're lacking in other positions, you got to start eight. So you got to make sure you're filling your starting lineup. I want to see this guy's for the receivers. That's me too. <laughs> I know. That's a good point. That's a good point. Who, who's he yeah. got? Gary Wilson, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, and Chris Olave. <laughs> yeah. He's probably got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback too. So he's, oh, yeah. set, he's set maybe for he life. should sell London for another quarterback upgrade then if he's got Rodgers, someone like Joe Flacco or something. Yeah. Or Mike, or Mike White or, or Mike or, White. Yeah. Or Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. So I, I, man, yeah. If it's start eight. So the, the general rule of thumb, if it's the, the lower amount of starters that you have, the, the more you should go all in on studs. And so if you could package London, I don't know with another one of your players. I, oh, so he clarified this. I apologize. Friends, friends. I misunderstood. He says that's who he has at running back. So he's got, I assume that's Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, and Antonio Gibson, I think. So yeah, I I would go all I would I would try to package London and maybe another wide receiver potentially or another position, depending on what you have for a stud running back, like maybe a Saquon Barkley or somebody like Brees that. Hall. If you're Brees Hall, yes, Brees Hall. Another another running back that uh, I don't, I'm not even gonna say that because I couldn't even say it with a straight face. I was gonna say another another player I would take over Garrett Wilson, but I, I couldn't do that. Um, <laughs> all righty then. Uh, we have one more question for Tyler, don't we, Matt? Don't we, we do. So we're gonna do a little right. little this or that. So I'm gonna give you two players. We're gonna go around. And I'm just going to keep rattling them off when, when they get back to me, I'll answer and I'll ask the next one. So we got three decisions here. We're in a dynasty startup. These players are going very close to each other. So PPR, Superflex, Jalen Waddle or Amon Ross St. Brown? I'm going to take Jalen Waddle, I think, just because I feel like the quarterback situation is a little better. Uh, I know the Goff could be there for a while. I think he's a sneaky candidate to kind of stick around in Detroit. But if Tua can just play – like five more years. And if Tyree kills really gone in three years, you're going to have Jalen wall, Jalen water for, for his whole career. And he could be the wide receiver one at some point in that offense with Mike McDaniel. I think I'd take Jalen Waddle, but it's close. Seth. I, I think, wow. I, I think just to push back on the quarterback, like to uh it's such an interesting situation because he's one wrong hit away from, you know, his career potentially being over. And then, there's a lot, all of a sudden there's a lot of uncertainty in Miami. And obviously I don't want that to happen. Nobody wants that to happen, but man, when Tua was healthy, yes, I think he's better than Jared Goff, but Jared Goff's 
the more consistent player. I think Amon Ra is the more consistent player. I think just just I, I like both of these players and it's a tough decision, but if push comes to shove, I might be in the minority. I'll stay I'll stay on 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 brand tonight. I'll go Amon Ra St. Brown just because I like the player. I like the offense that he's in. I, I think Jared Goff is an underrated fantasy football quarterback and an underrated quarterback in the NFL. And they, you know, the, the lions got a good deal in that trade that the Matt Stafford traded both teams benefited from that one. So I I'm going to go, I'm on Rob, Matt, what do you think? Break the tie for us. I'm going to go with Amon Ra St. Brown as well. So oh, somebody's go, on my side. I'm going to go that? with Amon Rob because he is, he's a bigger receiver. He plays in the slot. Yes, he's not as athletic and he's not quite as explosive, but he's in he plays a position in the slot where he's he's going to be more prone to getting some softer coverages. He's going to be able to work zones a bit better. He's he he has, you know, the similar win rates, similar efficiency metrics, uh but he he garners more red zone targets far more frequently. So he's a much bigger red zone threat and and that's a big reason why. So and playing in the slot and being a red zone threat, we're lining up the, the fantasy relevant targets one after the other for Amon Ross St. Brown. Do not quote, do not quote me as saying Jalen oh, Waddle yeah. is gimmicky. Do not quote me as saying that I'm getting out in front of it. I'm not saying it, but 18 yards per reception last year, a lot of yak. He's in an offense that does have to deal with Tyreek Hill. How much longer is that going to be the case? I'm not I'm not saying Jalen Waddle is gimmicky, but I think he got a lot of gimmicky production last year. And I think if we see a regression in efficiency for Jalen Waddle, that is going to take a bigger toll to his production than if we were to see the same thing from Amon Ross St. Brown, because I think the opportunity for him is just more reliable. What do, we, All right. what do we what do we think of this? Uh, defenses what? don't fear. I'm on. He got Ra. eleven receptions like a game. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't know. What yeah. do you mean? All right. There was. Anyway. A, I think he was also probably tied for nine. Uh, he was he was tied for like the most tackled inside the five out of anybody in the league last year. I think too. There were a, I remember a couple times where he was just tackled like five yard line and then uh, Jamal Williams faltered a touchdown. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jalen Waddle, I mean, they probably are more focused on Tyree kill. They don't, you know, they're not too worried about Jalen Waddle They're, they, I mean, that's probably an argument for Jalen Waddle because he doesn't see the top corner. Probably. I mean, the coverage is rolled over to Tyree kill. So, right. But how anyway. many number one corners travel into the slot every snap? Not many. No, no, there's not too many good slot corners. I mean, that's kind of a matchup nightmare. You know, I'm on Ross St. Brown um for for defenses all right what's all the right. next one matt ramondre stevenson or tony pollard I like tony mm. pollard yeah yeah tony pollard just because like are we are we really confident ramondre's back in new england like is like, i don't know if it's like a certainty that he is after this season like i don't know we don't know where tony pollard's gonna go but i feel like tony pollard is a better player than ramondre stevenson just straight up i think ramondre stevenson he did like tony pollard was T- taking touches away from from like I would say more of a prime Zeke like obviously not the one last season but the one before is a little bit uh more of a competition like he carved out a role for himself Ramondre Stevenson didn't get any touches until Damian Harris got hurt last season so I think I like Tony Pollard more he's in a better offense this year if we're just looking at their situations you know he's in a better offense overall but Ramondre obviously will probably have a maybe a bigger role but I just the the vibes are screaming Tony Pollard and it's just they're, I'm fading Ramondre Stevenson a bit. I'm not saying he's a bad player. You know, he's not a bad pick, but I just like Tony Pollard more. I'm right. I'm right there in lockstep with you on Tony Pollard. Now, Dallas, I mean, I hope they still could do something crazy like sign Dalvin Cook. I mean, it is Jerry Jones. So we're hoping to avoid the Dalvin Cook landmine or something like that. I don't think it's going to happen, but Tony Pollard is getting drafted. Oh, I, I shouldn't bring up redraft. I was going to bring up redraft. That's my bad. I'm I'm going to backtrack here. Okay. I'm, 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 that's my bad. So you look at what he did towards the end of the season. And I mean, there's multiple, I mean, in week 11, RB one overall number week 13, RB two overall in fantasy points per game. I mean, this is the kind of upside he has if he's going to get this kind of volume and he was splitting volume splitting time with Zeke. And if we look at the new England Patriots, the new England Patriots 
are kind of weird with the running backs sometimes. And we, we forget that, you know, there's some running backs and you might, you, you might laugh at me, but like Kevin Harris, I think Pierre strong still on the team. Um, and didn't Ty Johnson get a bunch of catches last year too. And targets. I mean, I could be wrong about that. I'm just kind of the top of my, or Ty Montgomery. Thank you. I, I knew it was, I knew it was one of those players uh, that was getting um, a lot of the targets. So if, if Stevenson's not getting the targets, Oh man, I, I, I'm just very, I'm more skeptical about Stevenson than I am uh, with Pollard. I think Pollard has legitimate RB one upside. And so I'll take the upside every day. Yeah. So to speak to what Seth just pointed out, um, Ty Montgomery, 34% snap share did not finish the game in week one against Miami before he got hurt Four reception or four targets, three receptions, one touchdown. So he was, he was involved right away. Um, I actually, I'm not going to lie, I flipped. You, you both flipped me. I, I had Ramon J. Stevenson highlighted. I thought the disrespect had gone a little too far, maybe. Uh, now I'm not so sure because I've seen, I've heard a few points being made, and, and now it's starting to finally click. I don't think the Patriots wanted to give Ramon J. Stevenson 89 targets last year. He had a 15% target share, which really draws your eyes in, right? And it gets you excited because he is a talented pass catcher, but when you think about what happened week one and was that just a circumstance of injury and a bad offensive line and no receiver talent. Now we, we get, you know, potentially new Hopkins coming to new England, Ramondre Stevenson, who, you know, I'm not considering really the future for either of these two, just because I, I don't think it's that certain for either. I think Tony Pollard probably does get extended and stay in, stays in Dallas, but for right now, you know, it's more of, coach and organization speak to really say that one is more likely to get re-signed than the other. Um, you know, the, the, the argument for the, the previous treatment of running backs in new England is certainly tempting, but, um, I, I try not to buy into those situations as you can get tricked. You know, I will, I will state the argument that I had prepared for Stevenson to give a little bit of the other side. So he did have 70 receptions last year, so he can carry a receiving game and he can be that guy. He's not nearly as explosive as Pollard, but he's a similar rushing talent. They're both efficient as rushers. They're both big playmakers. Stevenson's just not quite as athletic, but he has a much more optimal BMI, 32 versus 28. Pollard's not necessarily small by any means, but we saw the apprehension to use him as a goal line back. We saw kind of what happened towards the end of the season. I'm not, I don't think the load he started taking in terms of carries and receptions is what led to his injury. That was more of a freak, his ankle bent and, you know, kind of snapped thing. But the fact of the matter is he's going to have to recover from that. And then if this backfield is what we think it is, he's also going to have to have a dominant share of the, of the rushing and receiving game. So are we sure he's going to be able to, to keep that up or come like coming from a full ankle fracture, you know, recovering, we saw, it's two different positions, but but Dak was very hesitant to run that that first year after his ankle surgery. It wasn't quite right. So I just don't know if we're quite certain that Tony's ready for this uh, in terms of his health. Granted, I love both of these running backs. Um, so that's the argument for Stevenson. Uh, and uh, yeah, Harry, well, Harry Snowman ooh. brought it up in the chat, too. So that's that's a, I think that's a fair point. Um, my pushback. Yeah, go ahead. Pu- sorry. My pushback would be, um, I mean, kind of comes with the territory of, of of going for the of going for it, you know. Like, um, sure, like these guys could get injured. Ramondre Stevenson could get injured. I know. To, I'm guessing that don't they have? Um, who's the running back? They have Ronald Jones there now. Is that right? Malik or Davis. am I? Or Malik Davis? That's Malik okay. Davis. Yeah. And Ronald Jones. That, they do. They, okay. They so do have maybe, Ronald Jones. Jackson tweeted about him went num- did numbers. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Maybe Ronald Jones. I mean, I don't know. Like Ronald Jones is basically free right now. Is there any value there? I mean, do you think Ronald Jones takes those in between the twenties target? I mean, that could help Tony Pollard if he has a role in the offense, right? Keeping him healthy. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Here. I think people are definitely acting like they're more certain about the situation oh. in Dallas than they think they are, and that's what's that's what's kind of funny about, about it. It's because they're very similar situations right now. Not health. Not considering health. But everyone's acting like they're so sure that Pollard's going to go go back to this, and everyone's so sure that Bill Belichick wants to get Ty Montgomery involved and wants to get Pierre Strong involved. Ramondre Stevenson showed he can do it over the course of a whole season. Who's to say that Bill isn't just going to ride him into the sunset? Yeah, 
Well, that's that's good. This is a good debate, man. I I think um, where ah shoot, I can't talk about redraft, but in dynasty, I, I give me Pollard, but I, they're uh, Pollard's valued higher in uh, that other format that I won't talk about. Um, all right, real quick, rapid fire because we got to get off the air. Because yep. rapid before, fire, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? Justin Herbert, not close. Justin Herbert, yep. Howard Herbert, not close for me either. All right, Tyler, what do you have to what do you have to plug these days, man? What's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, I, I got, I'm on Trade Gods tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, doing that show, man. that'll be fun. Uh, PPR Tyler on Twitter. If you want some good fantasy football meme videos every once in a while, I'm posting some uh, some town ball baseball content here in Minnesota. So if you are want to if you want to hear about the Loretta Lark town ball team go follow my twitter and Dude, then uh yeah yeah that's pretty that's pretty much it maybe maybe one day i'll get my own show and then i'll get to plug that but for now i'm just gonna get on as many shows as possible uh got the draft here coming out did a couple of uh write-ups for that really excited about that but yeah nice well if today's any indication you're gonna be having your own show at some point so sounds good yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, tyler, I'll start playing football taking names. over yeah tyler football yeah. is taking over it's only a matter of time but yeah, yeah. uh yeah. Yep. I was just saying when I get my own show, but it's like right now I got this Jameis like graphic tee on. <laughs> I love it. So it looks like it's oh, cool. I love that. I love that. Where'd you get that? Oh my god! I saw it on an Instagram ad. They got me. You know, like when you see like absolutely ads, that was a good shirts. purchase. So I actually got three of them, and they were like a. I'll just I'll just say it, it was like fifty bucks a shirt, but I couldn't pass it up. So I got a Jameis Winston one. I got a Reggie Bush USC one. And then I got a Johnny Manziel one. <laughs> they all look the same oh, like this. My God, I like that's it. Amazing. So that's pretty that's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, I've always struggled to like, what am I going to wear on these streams? Like, I just usually just wear whatever. But I think I'm going to start wearing these graphic tees. Also, I ha- I don't know if you guys saw it over the weekend. It's kind of made me mad. It's totally unrelated. I know we got to get out of here, but I'm going to say it real quick. The the Kim Kardashian shirt of of <laughs> did you guys see that of her wearing yeah. the no the, you didn't see it with the one of her she was wearing a shirt. That of uh, the Kendall Jenner starting five, where it was like the oh, it was oh, all oh, of Kendall no. Jenner's ex uh, boyfriends. They're all NBA oh. players. I bought that shirt, that same shirt, a year and a half ago, and I, and then now it's all over Instagram and Twitter. And I'm like, I had that shirt for a year and a half, so that pissed me off. But that's neither here nor there. I'll leave it alone. Oh man, let let us know if you have the Kim Kardashian five <laughs> shirt. If like maybe Tyler would buy it from you. I don't know. Um, that's probably. I mean, that's probably a pretty pricey shirt these days. Then right. I think I bought it for like 20 bucks off an Instagram ad. These Instagram ads are, they, they get me. Like if I see something I like, I have like 50 saved in my like Instagram, like in uh, the, the bookmarks page. And I'm just like waiting to buy a couple, like a, like a Deion Sanders one or something like that. So the agent assigned to the audio recordings that your phone's capturing for Instagram is going, Oh, we're cooking. We're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Graphic T graphic T graphic T. Now the yeah. new one recently has been the dugout mugs. Those ones are all over my timeline. Yeah. Well, wow. Matt, know what that is man. Right. We should I'll do should do up. some graphic tees for the writers' roundtable. Get we some should. merch, you know. Like we could get we could get like Aaron Rodgers on on a shirt or something, and and then you know you could have me like bowing before the Aaron Rodgers altar, like something sacrilegious. <laughs> the writers, like that. the writers' roundtable, seven on seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron oh, Rodgers, man. Garrett Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown. That's a shirt I'll wear. Yeah, I'd, I'd wear that. And then it's just a million uh, of us in a round table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Game of Thrones style. Uh, we're, yeah. we're coming up with oh, that. Oh, dude. Just turned into we, a... I, I wish we had 30 minutes more. I feel bad for the... We got we to get out of here. Uh, Matt Babich, what do you got to plug, man? All right. The draft kit's coming soon. The world fa- player, pro- play, player profiler, world famous draft kit. Sponsored by FFPC this year. It's sponsored for a reason. There are 300 player entries. As you can see, you know, Tyler football is, is a part of it. Seth is a part of it. I'm a part of it. Roto Underworld's finest. And analysts across the fantasy landscape, some of your favorites, are going to be appearing in this draft kit. Not only do we have player profiles, we have videos, we have team previews, we have signature trends, we have the best graphics in the business. And it may not be the cheapest draft kit, but it is the best out there. Uh, like I said, you know, you travel across the globe, you ask people about the world famous draft kit. They can't stop talking about it. I was at I was at the Queen's funeral over in London when that was going on, 
and I heard the Royal Guards. They're not even supposed to speak or move. And they were talking about how excited they were for the world famous draft kit. What? So really exciting stuff out there. I know I didn't mm. tell anybody, but I think I'm I think Good. I might get in trouble now. But so I will be a part of that. I've been I've been helping out with that a lot. So shout out to Theo for the opportunity there. But so excited for that. And uh, you know, this this podcast every single week. So you can keep looking out for me. All right. Uh, somebody said in the chat, I think it might have been Fantasy Plumber, that he's not on the Twitter machine. And if you're not on the Twitter machine, uh, an alternative that I'm thinking up of on the spot. So nothing can go wrong here, I'm sure. So here, here it is. He doesn't have the tweet machine. So Fantasy Plumber, if you'd like to be in the Dynasty League, you can do all that stuff that Matt said, aside from obviously following on Twitter. Like just subscribe to the YouTube. Um, I don't know. Maybe subscribe to my channel on YouTube. I don't know. I'm trying to think of things on the air, but email me at seth.dewald of those of that screenshot if you want in the Dynasty League. If you don't want in, that's fine too, but I just wanted to be inclusive for the non-Twitter people. You can email me at seth.dewold at gmail.com. And uh, we'll we'll see what we can do. But the first, it's going to be first come first serve. I'm sure we're going to get just a bunch of people interested. And we only have like five or six spots or something like that. So anyway, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore D I E W O L D. Go read the talented work of our writers at playerprofiler.com in the news and article section. Go follow follow Tyler Football as he continues his tour of all of the shows on Player Profiler, and he's uh, he's been a great addition here. And yeah, that's that's really it, guys. Have a good night. Be good. Take care of yourself. We'll see if you can work out a deal to trade away Garrett Wilson on your dynasty team. He's overvalued. And as always. Nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers, so we'll we'll see uh we'll see you next time. 